Hi, I wanted to take a couple of minutes to talk with you about social justice, about what it means, what I thought it meant when I entered this graduate program, and what I've learned about it over the past couple of years. I've had a couple of criticisms in the comments under my videos that if I wasn't on board with social, social justice ideology, why did I choose a school with such a strong social justice mission statement? And I want to respond to that. I did not know I was naive to the true meaning of the phrase social justice when I began this program. I, when I thought about what social justice meant, what I thought was a beautiful ideal in which we strive towards equality of opportunity for the most people possible, a world in which most if not all people can access the essential goods and services and opportunities that they need in order to live a good life. And um, that's a value that I, I think is wonderful and worth striving towards. And what I did not know and could not have known at that time was that what this phrase social justice now means it's a, it's a perversion of itself. It's critical social justice theory. It is a system of thought that overtly and explicitly seeks to deconstruct, dismantle, and replace Western cultural norms and values with a system of social hierarchy. We can look at this as sort of a social ledger in which we we can think of ourselves as an, an, not as an individual, but as an intersectional package of identities. So your intersectionality, it's very different than individuality. Intersectionality is the idea that we all have these, these um, demographic categories, like we talked about with the addressing model. We can assign ourselves a value of privileged or marginalized for each of our, uh, of, of the given, um, oppression categories and see how we stack up against other people that we relate to socially. And the more marginalized you are, the, the more entitlements you have, because these are places where society owes you something back or the privileged people in society owe you something. So these are things that you're entitled to that you have not received. And the more privileged that you are, you can think about this as um, encumbrances. So your privileges and your privileged identities are encumbrances and places in which you owe something back to society or to the marginalized people. And um, so in this way, it's a hierarchical system of power in which the marginalized individuals actually have more power because they have more social currency, they have more entitlements than the so-called privileged people who um, are, are basically offensive in their very existence to marginalized people and therefore owe back something of themselves. Uh, this is all based on real but misguided and weaponized empathy for people who have suffered um, oppression for a, a variety of things or unfair discrimination. But the goal is not so much some endpoint of perfect fairness and 
equity, equality for all in every way, because it's impossible to ever actually achieve such a thing. It would, <laughs> there's no way we could completely equalize everything that it means to be a person in every experience that we ever have or every attribute that we have. So the goal isn't some, some perfect equity. It's a, it's instead a process. It's, it's a, the goal is to change your mindset and to cultivate something that they call a critical consciousness. It's not critical thinking. It's very different than that. It's a critical consciousness whereby you're performing a, a perpetual interrogation of social dynamics in search of inequities and places where you've been wronged and you can be resentful. And that, that resentment is, is that power, it's that social currency, it's the you owe me, the entitlements. Um, so in this way, social justice thinking is a, a sort of a philosophy of anti-resilience and a philosophy that upholds victimhood status. And uh, if you wanna drive social justice people into an absolute fit of rage, you can say a phrase like, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Because to them, when they hear that, they hear you saying that the marginalized person, the oppressed person, the victim of discrimination should just suck it up because it's gonna make them, that they'll be better for it. And so, you know, just deal with it, which of course is a, is a, is a perversion of what is meant as a, a statement of encouragement towards building resilience and ego strength. Another thing that is incredibly offensive to the social justice people is um, the concept of colorblindness. When a person of my generation says, some, says colorblindness or thinks about colorblindness, we're not we're not saying that we don't see each other's color and that we don't, we don't recognize racial and ethnic differences and that we don't, we don't know that a person's background and ethnicity and race will likely have a, a lot to do with their formation and the experiences that they will have had in life. What we're saying is that we don't automatically attribute personality characteristics and experiences and worldviews to each other based on what we can observe physically in each other. We, we wait for the person that we relate to, to show us who they are. And, you know, in whatever capacity we know one another, whether it's as friends or whether it's counselor to client, we don't assume a, a, a personality or a worldview or a a package of experiences based simply on observing someone's skin color, which is exactly what the social justice uh, approach does. Um, so I know that my video, at least the first one that I released is being talked about at Antioch. Uh, they have been apparently showing it or talking about it in classes. <laughs> and I know that the way that this is being interpreted and framed is, it's an expression of my white fragility and my attempt to center whiteness in my calls for preserving ideological neutrality in therapy space. Um, those, those pleas for, for uh, objectivity and neutrality are, to them, they're literally calls of violence against marginalized people. And 
according to their philosophy in which marginalization equals power, it would seem that failing to acknowledge the social justice hierarchy would rob the marginalized of an asset. This, this framework, the way that the way that we are taught to see the world through the social justice lens is, is foundational and absolutely fundamental to the way that they interpret human relationships and reality. It's inseparable from, from their worldview. To them, it is not a way of seeing things. It is the way of seeing things. It is truth. And um, so, you know, to the young people who have adopted this mindset, it is, it is foundational and in, it colors their entire understanding of human relationship dynamics. And this reminds me, this makes me think a lot of the, the Chinese cultural revolution in which the young people were charged with uh, dis destroying the four olds, <laughs> the ideas, customs, habits of mind and culture of the generations that had come before them. I believe that what we're facing is absolutely a cultural revolution and that it is incumbent upon all of us who see this for what it is to stand up and say, no, we will not accept this. We will not accept this in our education system. We will not be, we, we will not watch our culture and our norms and our values, the way that we think about, about gender, the nuclear family, completely dismantled and replaced. And this is, this is absolutely what is happening. So I, I, I hope that for, for everyone who is seeing this, that you will take this message very seriously and understand this is truly what they are doing. This is absolutely what is happening. We have an opportunity to stop it. I think, I hope, <laughs> but one of, one of my fears is that this is going to force a, a backlash, that that'll be the response to it. So you, I feel like the, the thing I'm afraid of is that there's only so much that the culture will be able to handle of this, of, of this anti-racism, which is a code word for retributive racism for um, what they call reverse racism or anti-white racism before some very dangerous characters on the other side become inflamed and, and we are uh, in the midst of, of intense, I don't know, civil war. I don't think that this is going to end well and I don't think that the response that we should have as concerned in individuals who recognize what's happening, uh, I think that our response needs to be measured and calm and that rather than returning resentment and hate with more resentment and hate, we should see this as a call to, to connect, to unify, to open our hearts, to find understanding and love. These, many of these kids, these young people who are buying into this stuff, they're just buying into it because it's what they've been taught. 
And there's a core of truth in all of it, because of course people face lots of difficulties that are unfair. Of, of course there's discrimination, of course there is. It's life is not fair and that sucks and that's hard. And, and the social justice ideology offers one way to think about that, that could be very tempting because it answers a lot of questions. And I can understand why they see things the way that they do. But it's a very dark ideology that, that engenders division, resentment, hatred, and, and a, a constant deconstruction. And I think we have a choice. We, we need to make the right choice as a culture. And, um, and I, you know, I'd love to hear what, what others' thoughts are on this. This is uh, the way that I've come to understand it through my experiences. And um, I hope this has been interesting or, or helpful. Thank you for listening.